You're listening to Bible Prophecy Daily, a weekday podcast where Bible prophecy matters and matters greatly. Hello, this is Marquis Laughlin. Welcome to another edition of the Bible Prophecy Daily Podcast. Uh, today I'm going to be talking about uh, and teaching on Peter. What did Peter think about the last days? This is part two of two-part series on uh, Peter and the last days. We're going to really look closely at his teaching and where he kind of came from and we're going to try to drill down to see if we get a ba- good basic principles uh, of what he is talking about when he refers to the last days and where he's coming from with his teaching on the end times. Really fascinating stuff. Um, what mistakes did Peter make in his initial understanding that we can learn from and avoid? I mean, uh, what insight into the book of Genesis and the Old Testament does Peter share with us about God's plan for mankind and the timing of the return and reign of Jesus. Well, that's what we're going to look for. Uh, you know what? He made plenty of mistakes. Peter did. I love Peter because I can really relate to him as a character. Um, I, I think he's he's um, so much like so many of us. We we love the Lord. We have zeal, and but we don't know what we don't know, and we have these humbling uh, experiences that um, blow our minds, and we have to recalculate and uh, try to figure out, okay, wait a minute, who, who am I dealing with again? And Peter certainly had so many of those times where, where Jesus just did things that blew Peter's mind and expanded his understanding of who God was and who Jesus was. So uh, I feel like that sometimes. I feel like I'm uh, God's, uh, uh, that I'm Peter and he's giving me another mind-blowing lesson. Uh, and straightening me out. So uh, I, hopefully we can learn that and we can be, you can have the humility that Peter had uh, to be able to um, step out of the boat, to be able to fall at Jesus' feet and say, hey, I'm not even, I have no idea who I'm dealing with here, um, to recalculate and to look at uh, Scripture anew and, and to allow God to show us even more of the truth. So that's that's my prayer for you. Now here's Peter. Uh, in uh, the book of Acts. In the first part, uh, part one of this series, I really talked about uh, the arc Peter went from from really having uh, this idea that Jesus is going to rule and reign over the Romans right then to going all the way to, oh my goodness, there are a few days on God's calendar left that uh, God has plans. He's going to do all this stuff in a couple of days. And then the Messiah is going to return. So so he got a big picture understanding between being filled with the Holy Spirit and and the time w- the time when he wrote actually near his death uh, wrote first and second Peter. Uh, so very, very profound change uh, and very much rooted in scripture. Uh, so he went from the day of Pentecost declaring that, hey, in the last days, he's giving this speech in Pentecost, God declares, I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. And that is exactly what is happening 
He's describing what has just happened. They've just received the Holy Spirit. They're speaking in tongues and they're saying, God predicted this. He's quoting Joel. And then he goes on to say, and I will show signs and wonders in the heavens above, blood, fire, vapor, or smoke. The sun shall be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the day of the Lord comes, the great and magnificent day. And it shall come to pass that everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. See, Peter has gone from the Messiah is going to be now to realizing, wait a minute, uh, this is the start of a whole new period of time, a new age, the birth of the church. And his spirit's going to be poured on all flesh. Uh, Abraham's seed is going to be blessed. It's going to bless all flesh on earth. All nations on earth will be blessed through you, God said to Abraham. He's realizing that. And then he's realizing the day of the Lord, the great and magnificent day, with the signs and the moon and the stars and the sun turned to darkness, that, all of that, that is coming after these last days. So he's got a, a chronology filled in that he didn't have before now what what do we mean by days now peter uh defines this for us he says hey in in um second peter chapter three he defines what he's talking about he says but do not overlook this one fact he's talking about scoffers thinking that jesus is taking too long and then he goes down in verse eight he says do not overlook this one fact beloved that with the lord one day is as a thousand years and a thousand years as one day now this is fascinating because he calls it a fact and i know a lot of people who read this and think the whole idea of god considering a day a thousand years that's just he he's eternal so that's probably what time feels like to him blah 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 and that's that's it that's all they can that's as far as they can they can't really take it as a fact they can take it as a symbolic they can't they they don't they overlooked it as a fact they literally do exactly what peter told tells them not to do but if we looked at it as a fact we go well where did peter get this idea well the whole idea comes from the book of genesis and the very very first chapters the description of every day of creation describes uh, very accurately exactly what God has done all throughout human history and what he's going to do. Remember the seventh day that God rests? That's the Sabbath day. The book of Hebrews tells us, make sure you enter into God's rest. That seventh day, that's what Peter and Israel were all looking forward to. They thought, we're going to enter into God's rest. Jesus is here. He's going to rule and reign over the nations. They didn't realize there were two more days in God's plan before that day. The rest, the Sabbath day, the thousand-year reign of Jesus it comes begins. So where we are on God's timetable uh, of events, um, biblically, according to the creation account, according to Peter, is that he sees that there are there are day the latter days or anything after jesus comes the first time uh it's like jesus comes on what would be called day four and he inaugurates the age of pisces pretty interesting the fishing of men now what happened what happened uh, uh in the creation account god creates the sea the great creatures of the sea it's the age of the fish that's what the that's why he he drafts fishermen 
He wants them to be fishers of men instead of just the fish. So this whole idea, they're outgoing, outgoing fishing and bringing in this big catch. That's the fifth day. Uh, the sixth day. What happened on the sixth day? He makes man. Do you realize that the uh, the population of man exploded about a thousand years ago? Right around a thousand uh, uh, A.D., the population goes straight up. Uh, it was level uh, worldwide for for five thousand years, and then this last thousand years, we've gone from maybe a billion, two billion people to seven, eight, nine billion people. So we have really, the population has exploded in just this last thousand years of man being on earth, just like the creation story indicates that God made man and told him to be fruitful and multiply. Uh, and every day of creation has uh, a correlation to what has happened in history. The, every day of creation also has a correlation to the feasts. You know, the seven feasts of the Lord, and we've been through four of them, and we have three of them coming up. Uh, 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 we, we know uh, the, uh, all of the major events in the history of Israel happened um, uh, within these days. The flood came day two. That's when God separated the water uh, uh, above from the water below, and he made the sky. Uh, just amazing. It's an amazing chronology of God dealing with man in the history of man even in genesis where god grieves that he's made man because man has totally corrupted himself and he says the sons of god saw that the daughters of men were beautiful and they took wives as they chose and god did not like it he was displeased he said man is mortal his days will be a hundred and twenty years. Now this is an interesting phrase because if you understand what God is saying here, he's saying my spirit will not contend with man forever. He is mortal. He's not immortal. What they were doing was an attempt to make man immortal. He said he is mortal. His days will be 120 years. And what's amazing about that 120 number uh, used there is that that's how many jubilee years are in God's plan. If you if you were looking at the 6,000-year plan of, of, of man that God lays out in, uh, in the Genesis creation account, you'll realize there are 6,000 jubilee years, 6,000 times 50. Remember, you had the 49 years, and then the 50th year was a jubilee year where everything was turned back and reset, and uh, everybody started back at, at normal. It was like a reset year. Um, pretty profound. And that was God saying, look, I'm resetting this. Here, I'm at 6,000 years, then I'm resetting everything. And my I'm, I'm having my Sabbath that's going to run for 1,000 years for the millennial kingdom. That's what Jesus' kingdom is all about. God rules and reigns, and we rest with him from our labor. And he rests from laboring with us. So pretty, pretty profound uh, thing. There are so much more here uh, in every day. Uh, there are so many... Um, um, examples throughout scripture where you see the word day or days and especially in Jesus's life um, remember the book of John where he hears about Lazarus being sick and he stays where he was for two more days 
Why did he stay for two more days? Because it was a picture of what he was going to do when he went to heaven. When he ascended, he was going to stay for two days. And then on the third day, he was going to raise us up and return. Uh, that's right out of Hosea, Hosea chapter 6, verse 2. It says, after two days, he will revive us. On the third day, he will raise us up that we may live before him. Now, if you're a Jew and you heard Hosea say that, you know that's the resurrection. He's going to resurrect us, and we're going to live before him. He's going to be the ruler. We're going to live before him. So very fascinating. He was always demonstrating what he was going to do. Um, uh, and I love it. He When he met Martha, Martha's bummed. She, she comes out to meet him uh, and says, Lord, if you'd been here, my brother would not have died. But I know that even, you know, but, but you know, I... My brother had not died, but I know even now God will give you whatever you ask. She's saying, I believe you, but you, you wouldn't have died. I mean, come on, if you if, if you had just gotten here earlier. And he she says, he says, your brother will rise again. That's what he says to her. And, of course, she says, well, I know he's going to rise again in the resurrection at the last day. What is she talking about? She's talking about the millennial kingdom, the start of the millennial kingdom, the God's rest entering into it. This period of time, this age of time that the disciples said, when will be the end of the age? They wanted to know when's this going to be over and we're going to actually be ruling and reigning and enter into your rest. So she's asking, she's saying that too. I know he's going to to rise in the resurrection. She says she knows Hosea and she says, yeah, he's going to rise in resurrection at the last day. And Jesus says, what does he say? I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will live even though he dies. In other words, he's saying, I'm the guy who does Hosea and raises you up at the last day. And whoever lives and believes in me will never die. He's speaking to uh, saints that w will be raptured at the time when he comes and performs the resurrection. So it, Jesus is telling you that that's a rapture passage for you there in John's gospel that a lot of people gloss over, but it is the same sequence of events. The, he says, I'm the resurrection and the life. So he's referring to the exact same uh, event. And cause she's saying at the resurrection, she says, I am that I do that. That's me. And people who have died are going to live again. And those who are alive aren't even going to die. Those are, they're going to be caught up together with me in the cloud. So just a, an amazing um, uh, picture of Jesus being away for two days, coming back and being the resurrection and the life. Uh, pretty cool. Pretty cool. So I, I can't encourage you enough. Uh, dig into this topic. It'll give you a, 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 a grip on more of the scriptures It'll also uh, allow you to really see how exact God is with everything. We're not in some arbitrary uh, floating dot in, 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 in inside of billions of years uh, on a planet that's one of a gazillion. You know, God has written a, 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 a very particular script. It, you know, Solomon, I love what he says. He says, uh, there is nothing new under the sun. Is there anything of which someone can say this is something new? No, it was here already long ago. It was here before our time. And indeed it was because God says he created everything in the beginning. 
He, our names were written down before the foundations of the world were put up. God had a plan. He had a, he had a script of everything that was going to happen with mankind before everything was created. And he told us what he was going to do with the creation account. It says God t- said, God doesn't do anything without first telling his servants, the prophets beforehand. Pretty amazing. He doesn't do anything. So I guess he's told us everything he's going to do. So I just really want your faith to be built in the sovereignty of God and you to be able to see that, that God is really almighty and all in control. And you don't have this vague idea that God only shows up occasionally and he's only uh, involved in our lives every once in a while thing. He intercedes in, in history uh, occasionally. No, God is involved in every breath we take. He's holding everything together. He is, he's planned it. He knows it. And we, we are blessed because he has chosen to, to pour out his grace on us. And he's being patient to save all that can be saved. Exactly what he does every time. So uh, with that, uh, brothers and sisters, I love you. I look forward to speaking to you next time. And we're going to get into probably, um, we might do a part three of this. I'm not sure whether I'll do a part three of Peter or I'll go into Solomon. I just love some of the amazing things that I've been seeing uh, in, in Solomon's writing and just some of the wisdom uh, in applying that to, to uh, the end times and the study of, of what God is doing, a big picture. Great stuff. So until next time, Marquis Laughlin. We'll see you right here on Bible Prophecy Daily. Thanks for listening to Bible Prophecy Daily. We hope you learned something valuable today. Be sure to subscribe wherever you heard this podcast so you never miss an episode. 